Welcome, family, to the Dining Room Table Podcast, a weekly conversation that addresses taboos of the Black community. We emphasize vulnerability, transparency, and authenticity to change the narrative and the stigma of self-expression in our community. I'm your host, Keandria, and today I'm sitting down with a very special guest by the name of Kay Grimes. Hey, girl. Hello. How you doing? I am well. How are you? I am doing well, too. Good. Yeah, like, I'm doing good. I, this is actually, what's today's date? Today is May 13th. Mm-hmm. So, for me, this marks two months two months of being in quarantine. Yes. Same. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, I'm just making it, and I will say that I am way better than I was on March 13th when it all began. Well, actually, I, I kind of feel like I didn't really know what I was, what we were getting ourselves or what kind of we had walked into, mm-hmm. rather, um, in March. And so the whole month of March, I was just like, I couldn't do anything. And I was so grateful that the podcast was on hiatus mm-hmm. for the month of, because I was just like, man, I could not have recorded. Right. And yeah, like, so what about you? Like how? Oh, man. I've, it has been crazy. Um, when it all started, I want to say, I, I think I entered quarantine in or working from home in uh March on March 16th yeah 16th um and I've been in that space since then and it's and it just has been so ridiculous like my anxiety is what has taken me out for the count like I also haven't been able to write and that's what I do and I haven't been able to write um, and it's just been a block there and it's just shown and that block has definitely shown up everywhere else in my life too so it's been definitely something that I'm still trying to process and work through but you know it's all right we're here <laughs> so yeah yeah that's important absolutely Absolutely. Um, I think honestly that it's something that everyone is having to kind of just sit in. Right. And I think that is honestly our biggest fear mm-hmm. almost. You know, like to have to just sit and just have to be still and feel certain things. Exactly. Exactly. And it's scary. I agree because we have so many different things like to distract us and so I don't want to get too too deep down into a rabbit hole but right yeah like that is exactly what it is so before we get started um I want to ask if you could kind of give us a um depiction of who sat at your dining room table when you were younger as a child like who did you sit down with um, I was in between two houses for the most part. Um, I was living with my grandmother, so it was usually just me and her and my uncle, um, whenever we would sit down and eat. And then, um, I was living with my mom as well. So, and, um, when my mom and my dad got married, um, we did, um, dinner tables um dinner table dinners um and as I got older it it kind of fizzed out but that's who I was mostly at the table with when I was with my grandmother my grandmother and my uncle and then when I was with my mom was my mom and my dad so and I'm only child so that's why it's not like a whole bunch of people (laughs) (laughs) so yeah that's pretty much it okay Okay, so um, was your grandma, like, was your grandma here in Atlanta, or was she, like, where did grandma live? Yeah, she um, she um, lived in Marietta, and we all, oh. we all lived in Marietta at one point, and then my mom um, moved out to Gwinnett, so. Gotcha. Yep. Okay, so what were some of your favorite meals that grandma cooked? Um... <laughs> My grandma, she, uh, in the mornings, um, she used to make salmon patties. Um, 
or what they call salmon croquettes. What, yes. Yeah, you know. <laughs> but they call salmon patties where I'm from. So she used to make those and um, drop biscuits. And uh, uh, she would do eggs. Um, but that was my favorite um, because it was, I don't know. It was just, it, it, every time I think about that apartment that we lived in, that was the that's the first food that I think of um and it's just something embedded in in me I I love it so that's my favorite okay yes and to speak to the salmon croquette Mm -hmm. that is exactly what we call it at my house Mm -hmm. and my mom she makes that kind of all the time Mm. and so (laughs) I like that too. Yeah. So you're not alone in the salmon croquettes. Yes. That's so, funny. so what about your mom? Like, was mama cook or is mama cook or does she kind of like y'all do takeout or what's up? Um, my mom, my mom cooks when she feels like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, uh, over the years, her cooking has dwindled down. Just because I think because I'm not at home anymore. Um, and she, she's also not a meat eater anymore. So um, a lot of what she, what she would cook, she doesn't cook anymore. Um, but when I was growing up, um, she did cook. We always had food. Um, it was always <laughs> dinner, um, especially when I would come home. She, you know, you know how they do take take out the meat, you know, mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> get home or put the meat in the oven or do this, do this, or she would tell me what to do and I would do it so the food is done by the time she gets home. So, yeah, that that's that's just how it was at home with my mom. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, like, at both of the, at both of your homes, like, what was the dynamic, like, as far as conversation and sitting down and having um, talks about, like, things that we would normally talk about with our friends I guess Mm -hmm. what types of conversation or like you know did you guys have Mm -hmm. much combo or um I don't I know in my grandmother's house um I want to say hmm when we would sit down we really didn't have much to talk about um or not much was said. Um, it was really come eat, and it was more of like a, a, I guess, just having the presence of everybody being there. Um, I mean, now sometimes because my uncle would be there, um, and he's military, so politics will always come up so that would be a topic of conversation mm-hmm. um but for the most part in my grandma's house it was just everybody sit down and eat together um it wasn't a lot of vocalization going on at my mom's house it was almost the same um and it was a little bit harder I think because it was just me and sometimes um, sometimes it would just be my mom and I because my dad would work late and so it would just be me and her um, and then sometimes it would just be me <laughs> sometimes my mom would just make me eat at the table um, and while she would do something else you know so I really didn't have conversations at dinner tables um which is interesting. But I, even though I didn't have a conversation at the dinner table, the conversations happened in the living room on the couch. Okay. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. And that is exactly where I was, you know, hoping that that would kind of lead to, like, well, where were the conversations being had? Mm-hmm. So even though they weren't at a table, you guys were still having conversations about, like, maybe the sex talk, mm-hmm. maybe mental health um conversations mm-hmm. like were those the kinds of conversations that you guys were having um mostly the conversations were like I said if I was at my grandma's house it would be whatever's happening on the news mm-hmm. or okay. going on in the world um 
music was huge because my uncle is very embedded in music. Um, gotcha. So that was a huge, huge thing. Um, and then with my mom, it was definitely news, music. Um, and then over there with her, it was everything because, of course, it's mom. So we did have the sex talk. We did, you know. We didn't really, on both sides, my grandmother and my mother, we didn't really talk about the mental health thing unless it was uh, in our family, unless we heard that, you know, somebody's struggling with a mental health issue in the family, that's when it would come up. Um, So mental health wasn't really talked about. Um, I don't think we touched mental health. I know for a fact that we didn't touch mental health with my mom until I started having mental health issues in my preteens. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So I have a quote. Mm-hmm. I have a quote and I want to know kind of what your thoughts are. Uh, it says, we must be willing to let go of the life we planned so as to have the life that is waiting for us. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? That's a very on time quote because right now I can't even see tomorrow. So as far as planning, um, I can't even plan. And 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 I'm I'm learning. It's been very hard because I'm very I'm a control freak. And so I I like to I have to have control over my life and over whatever happens in it. Um so I like to plan out what I am going to do, what my life is going to look like this year, next year, five years, 20 years. I like to write it down and just see to it. Um, and then when hmm. things go crazy, that's when I just completely break down because then it's like I don't have control. But I'm learning that I, I really don't. And it's okay <laughs> I'm learning that it's okay to not have control over certain things. Control what you can't, right? So that is a very on-time quote because it's reflective of what I am currently learning. Um, so I love that quote. Thank you for that, actually. No, no problem, <laughs> of course. Um, I think that, like I said earlier, we're all feeling like, you know what? In one way or another, you have to learn, like, control is a no. Yes. Personally, I'm the same way. Yeah. Like, um, we had a conversation called The New Normal with my church mm. a few weeks back. And the therapist on the call, she just kind of let us know, like, you know what? You can't plan anything. Right. There's a term called futuring that if you look too far into the future, like, that is when worry and anxiety be- begins to kind of, like, creep up on you mm-hmm. because you're so you're so far removed from your present Mm -hmm. and so it's just like stay gracious for where you are now be present and the rest will fall in line yeah you know because it has no choice okay so we talked about or you mentioned like um your anxiety kind of just I guess showing itself Mm -hmm. Um, since we have been in quarantine. Mm-hmm. So what exactly like does anxiety look like for you? Because I know that it's different for everyone. Right. Um, so anxiety it it affects me mentally and physically. So um it usually for the most part shows up in my body. Uh, so I start to have physical effects. So I don't eat, um, don't sleep, which obviously affects my body. I lose weight. Um, I have hives. Um, <laughs> it's um, it's crazy. And then because of because then 
already have the anxiety. And then I start to have anxiety about what the hell's going on with my body. So that's even worse, mm. right? So it's, and, and then because I don't, and then, you know, I go to the doctor, I go to the ER and all of these things and they can't find anything. And I'm just like, why the hell am I still feeling this way, right? So that's, that's, and then it goes to mental. So then it's like, okay, well, why? And I, sometimes I can't answer the, the question, why am I having anxiety? What is causing it? I can't find it. So then that gives me anxiety because, you know, it's, it's a, right. It's a so it's, I'm sorry. So it's kind of like a spiral. Effect, yes. Yes. Hmm. Okay. So how are you able to kind of like cope and navigate through? Because if you, because, because when you go to the ER, if they aren't able to find anything, what do they say? Um, the last couple of times I, I've been to the ER, it's always been anxiety. And, um, I've never gotten, um, I've never gotten like, uh, medication or anything for it until I went last month. And that was the first time I ever got medication for my anxiety. And that was also the turning point when like, okay, wow, maybe I actually need to get on medication. Um, so I'm going through that process with my doctor, but like, even though they tell me, um, you know, we don't, we can't find anything. Your blood is fine. You know, your lungs look great. We just can't find anything, especially in this coronavirus era that we're in to be, to, for them to say that it's a relief because it's like, okay. Maybe I'm okay. I'm not sick, but mm-hmm. I'm still having this anxiety, and um, it's re- it's a relief when they tell me that. But it's still something that I it's like, okay, well, if that's not it, then what is it? And that's how the anxiety still creeps in because it's like, well, I know what what what's wrong with me, you know? Gotcha. So, how does your mom? well your family rather and your friends how are they able to support you um and I guess like feeling better or being able to you know come back to yourself Mm -hmm. if you will um I my mother um my mom and my dad actually um are very very open to me coming home and resetting because I, I usually go home whenever I have an episode because I live I live um, with a roommate and so I'm away from home but whenever I have an episode or I feel like okay I need I I don't I don't know what's happening I need to calm down some type of way my mom always welcomes me to come home and I noticed that this last time when I did that I didn't really have any relief and I was like okay well what is it and then I had to think okay well if you keep running (laughs) you keep running back home it's not really getting to the head of the problem so I I decided that I wasn't going to go back home anymore I was just going to stay where I was and just figure it out that way um but yeah my mom is always open to me coming back home and like resetting. Um, my grandmother, she sends me prayer, prayers, um, Bible verses. My friends, they um, they check on me. It's if they don't hear from me, <laughs> um, I think they start to get a little worried. So then they check on me and see how am I how am I doing. Um, my partner. He's physically here. So that's been a huge help. Um, just to have somebody to talk to through it. Um, and because he's able to see, he's really able to see me through it all, like all the phases, all of the ups and downs. So that's how people show up for me. Um, okay. Yeah. 
cool. That's good. I think that you said something really, really um, great when you said that, I think it kind of was a turning point for you almost when you said that you decided and realized that going back home wasn't the answer. Yes. Um, it was, it's really crazy because I was literally just listening to another podcast and she was talking about like how she had moved out for the first time. Mm-hmm. And once she was fully moved out and all of her things were in her new place because she moved from, from her parents' mm-hmm. house. And so she felt like an overwhelming wave of anxiety, she was saying. Mm-hmm. And she said that she realized that it wasn't even the facts of like not wanting to um, be away from her parents per se. It was just making that decision that she wouldn't be able to run to them whenever things got tough or whenever things got hard because she was living in her own place. Right. So then she would be responsible for her bills. She would be responsible for, you know, maintenance on her home, maintenance on her car. Like those were things that she was going to have to kind of take on and embody because Mm -hmm. she had moved out. She had food to cook, you know? So I think that that's very, very um, important and maybe not even people who are trying to, you know, quote unquote, run away from like responsibilities. But for you, it was, it's almost as if you have to find solace within self. Right. Because your mom and your dad won't always be there. Exactly. And I know, yeah. And so I know that you... Um, of course love your parents and if you really need to go home like you said you're welcomed but trying to find out how to self I guess self-soothe maybe Mm -hmm. or self-medicate is all the better and then of course you mentioned your partner so that means that if you guys are in this for the long haul you guys probably need to try to figure out how to communicate and how to work through things together right exactly okay (laughs) I'm so happy that um, that you know that you said that he's really there for you because I know sometimes in some relationships that will pull the partner away Mm -hmm. um, maybe because they don't understand or it's hard for them to understand so that's good that's really good so now just to kind of go back a little bit you mentioned that you had kind of been battling or suffering with anxiety um, since you were in your preteen. Mm-hmm. Can you kind of give a little bit of how that looked from then and then kind of how it's manifested now? Yeah, so I want to say in my preteens, I was actually dealing with depression. Mm. Um, I was dealing with depression in my preteens all through high school. And then I think anxiety came um, when I got to college. Um, so... The depression was extremely dark. <laughs> um, the only way I found a release or relief uh, was through um, church. So uh, I church and dance. Dance was huge for me. Um, I was able to get out any type of emotions. Um, that I, I had and my dad's family was um, a very very strong pillar for me so um, dance and church was got me was what got me through my preteens all the way to uh, graduating high school um, and then I think what the uh, turning point from depression to anxiety was experimenting with drugs in college and also being away from home and just not knowing who I was what I wanted to do I didn't know what I wanted to do when I was in college um it was just that that turning point was huge I think that was 2011 it was 2011 so crazy okay okay so like do you still suffer from depression now or is it just more so anxiety based or rooted um I want to say over the last year 
last year and a half, it's been most mostly anxiety. I think the last time that I felt depression, wanted to creep back in, was um, when my grandfather passed in September uh, 2018. Um, but I was also going through a lot of other things then too. So it that was um, I, that was the last time I felt depression. Um, but I I don't feel depression, but now I feel anxiety. So it's kind of like a trade off. <laughs> and, gotcha. and it's like, well, I don't know what's worse here. <laughs> You know, because when I was depressed, I I didn't I wasn't losing weight. You know, I wasn't. Mm. I was still eat. I I was I think I ate more because I was depressed, and now anxiety makes me eat less. And so I physically look sick when during when I have my anxiety episodes. I physically look sick, whereas with depression, it was emotionally. I could not sustain a lot. Um, it was just so much. It was just, it just felt heavy all the time. Um, so mm. depression affected me emotionally um, and mentally, of course. And, and and then it kind of traded off to anxiety, which affects me more physically. Okay, got it. So do you, not do you, would you say that you are more like I don't know would you say that you are more open about your episodes with anxiety than you were before or prior um I don't think so. I, I think I've always been an open book for that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So cool. you can ask me anything and I will answer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Um. So I know that, well, I know that you said that you wanted or that you are um, currently in a relationship that your partner supports you. Mm-hmm. So has your anxiety or depression or just any mental health um episode ever like negatively affected your dating yeah life or love life I'll definitely say it 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 um it has I think my last relationship that I was in um I was with him for five years and I think that that during those five years it sucks when I think about it um but during those five years that's when I was navigating anxiety Mm. I didn't know what it was you know and um, he was as supportive as he could be, but he didn't understand it either. So not me not knowing what is going on and him just looking at me like, girl, I don't know what's wrong with you, you know? Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't know how to to be that show up for me in the way that I needed him to show up for me because I didn't even know how I needed somebody to show up for me. So that was that was a huge thing. Um so I think that that my anxiety and um, my depression was a huge. Um, it was a huge um, kind of wrench in that relationship. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I'm gonna kind of switch gears just a little <laughs> bit. And I want to know, because you just brought up something, I want to know, like, what are some ways that you intentionally show up for you now that you kind of understand what it is that you're going through? You understand how to kind of navigate. How do you show up? Like, how do you help yourself? Mm-hmm. Um, I I say no a lot now. Ooh, that's big. Yeah. That's big. <laughs> I say no a lot. Um... um and I, because I am, uh, uh, I'm a person that absorbs the energy that's around me. I'm very careful about allowing other people to talk to me about whatever it is they're going on and whatever is going on in their life. Mm. Um, 
Okay. Because that affects me. Everything that I feel emotionally, I also feel physically. So if you are, you know, super sad, I'm going to feel it. If I allow you to talk to me about it. And then I, I have to clear myself and my energy afterwards or else I'm going to carry it. Um, that's been huge. And I really want to say those are the two biggest things. Me saying no and being careful about who I allow to talk to me about things. Um, I, I don't think... I think that's really the two biggest things because everything else is just day by day. Um, I make sure that I, I fix my tea in the morning because it makes me mellow. It calms me down, you know. Mm-hmm. Just I make sure I take my vitamins and, and stuff like that. So uh, those are just like regular practices. But the biggest things that have a huge impact is allowing myself to say no to people and and not allowing people to dump on me Hmm. so got it so I want to know because it's interesting because people these days if you are going against the grain in any way they are Mm -hmm. and like let's go to Twitter Twitter people are always like oh well this person hasn't checked on you or if this person hasn't you know mm-hmm. just like oh yeah I've seen that being at your every beck and call <laughs> then you need to find a new friend or right. they're not real you know stuff like that right with you you are like you said a person who will absorb certain energies and absorb certain things for your friends or even people who, who are kind of like on that associate slash friend mm-hmm. um, fence. How does that look for you? Because, like, do you feel upset? Or, or has anybody ever gotten upset with you, rather, about telling them no? Or maybe not checking in on them as much? Um, If they have, they haven't told me. <laughs> okay. So, I, I don't know. <laughs> um, I, I think that... Um, for, for the most part, pe- the people that matter know that I, I myself deal with mental health issues. So I don't think I'm grateful that they take that into consideration um, whenever they do want to talk to me. Um, you know, they, they always ask. And I've always told people to just please ask somebody. If you need to talk to somebody, just ask them if they're in a space to receive what you got to say. So I think that the people that know that I am dealing with my own mental health issues, they take that into account. Um, So even if I don't reach out to people, I think that their understanding of why sometimes I go silent. Um, But I come, I, whenever I come out of it, I'm there. (laughs) I show up for them. So I don't think that, you know, I I've had anybody get upset at least they like I said they haven't told me so okay sounds good because I just know like people are they all about the cutoff culture mm-hmm. so as soon as you don't show up in the way that they want you to when they want you mm-hmm. to they're upset and it's interesting because like right now I just personally feel like you can't you can't expect or feel like anyone should contact you at all about anything right oh, now oh definitely not yeah because we are living in an atypical abnormal occurrence of a global pandemic right like these are things that we you know read about in history books looking back at the great depression and things like that and no we aren't there as far as in our economy but as far as mentally and just living through it I think Mm-hmm. or I know that this is different right and so our children and our grandchildren <clears throat> excuse me will come home and ask mom dad auntie uncle like what was happening in 2020 right. what you know what did y'all what what really happened because y'all got to march and the world just shut down right. you know <laughs> so <laughs> so I think that we have to even now 
prepare for those conversations too and of course not think too hard but just know that these are going to be the things and so how you how you react to people and how you react to these to to all the things all the things that are happening are going to kind of prepare you for future conversations and things like right um so you can't so i just want to say to everybody that's listening do not be mad at your friend (laughs) if they not calling you or texting you back right i I, because oh go ahead so i I was gonna say that i had just texted my best friend yesterday um i texted him i was like have you been outside type of thing you know not even (laughs) trying to like it was just uh joking he was like to the mailbox and wash my car I was like good you know yes it's just yes. a really light-hearted just a check-in I think that's what we all need to focus on right now we just need to focus on checking in with people you know a check-in could be like just sending I love you you know and yes. that's what he he was doing for me when I was I don't know we have this weird connection where we can feel when one of the other is going through some real shit so he would be like oh you know, um, you it's feeling kind of weird. Let me check on Kay real quick. He would just be like, he would just say, I love you. And that's it. And that's all I, I'd be needing. <laughs> like, I, I don't really be needing to talk about nothing. And that's what I do. I, I text people, you know, I'm like, I love you. I hope you're okay. How are you feeling? Um, you know, did you eat today? Um, <laughs> did, have you been outside? You know? Right. It's just random things that so we aren't focusing much on trying to sustain relationship rather than just checking on people and being human and making sure that they are okay. Totally agree. Totally agree. Because I do that. Like I will drop you a one line text and even if you reply, I might not reply back because I'm just not really in that space right. to have a full convo. But please know that I love you and that I care. And it's interesting because my best friend and I, like we are on that same, I can Mm -hmm. feel when she's not feeling it. Like literally I'm like, Ooh, yeah, let me hear her up. And she isn't the only person actually. Like there are a few other people in my life who I feel like we are like so connected to, I can feel it. And right. Yeah. I'm right. So so it's really crazy. I guess that's like the water sign in me, like feeling real fluid all the time. Um, So going Mm -hmm. to Instagram, your last post on Instagram or one of your last posts on Instagram said that you realized that nothing Mm -hmm. even matters. Right. Right. (laughs) Oh, man. I don't know what mood I was in when I wrote that, but I'm glad I did. (laughs) Um no me too because I loved it I was like yes Um, this is good I think I was just sitting here reflecting I think I was just sitting on my bed and I was just reflecting about wow the Georgia's opening up and people are so eager to going back to doing all of the things that we were doing and I was like we can't we can't there's this is our new normal this is how it's going to be from here on out and we just have to accept it but a lot of people aren't and I was just sitting here and I was like all of the things that I used to do doesn't even matter anymore I have gone two almost three months now without doing everything that I used to do and I have survived it. So now I understand that I don't even need it. I don't need it. It's not a need. Right. So this time period that we're in is all about necessity. And is it essential for you to go to brunch? Is it essential for you to buy clothes? Is it essential for you to, you know, go to your friend's house and just hang out with everybody all the time. No, it's not, right? So we're in this space of nothing matters. Nothing matters but you and your health and you taking precautions for other people. And that has been a huge thing for me realizing that nothing I did before mattered 
nothing. And it's now it's all about humanity. Um, it's all about taking yeah. care of each other. And I don't see how we can do that um, in a space of trying to go back to where we were. I have witnessed more humanity now than I did when we before. Right? Girl, so tell me about why it. Why would I want to go back there? You know? So um, that's what that post was really about. Me saying that, you know, nothing that I did before this happened mattered. Nothing. Nothing mattered. Because it, it was, it's just, it has nothing to do with my quality of life. Getting up every morning, being grateful that I even woke up, being grateful that I went another day without getting sick, being grateful that I can go out and get my groceries, being grateful that I am taking the proper precautions to make sure I am not getting other people sick. It's just being human, being better humans. Yeah. So that's really what that post was about, and I'm and I'm glad that it it came out the way it did. Um, and I'm glad that you saw it. So. Yeah, yeah. I I'm glad that you wrote it because I was just like, yes. It's interesting because like there are just so many different downloads mm-hmm. to be able to process right now. It's just so many different things. Like like you said, nothing really mm-hmm. matters for real. Like I literally have exactly. not had a haircut in two months. It's sad. I look a little, <laughs> you know, crazy. And if you <laughs> if you're my friend or like we talk often, you know, you've heard mm-hmm. about it. I am not happy. But mm-hmm. I am well. Exactly. My family is well. Like we are all living and breathing and here right. to tell the story. You know what I'm saying? And honestly, that is what matters right. most to me. Because, you know, when we go through loss and, and things like that what do you want or who do you want around you you want your family you want your friends and you want people that love you and so right now we we're kind of kind of mourning a loss Mm -hmm. of what used to be and kind of coming Mm -hmm. into what needs to be and so it's like what do we need what do we need for ourselves right now we need to be able to think clearly we need to be able to speak with compassion in our hearts. We need, we need to be able to love one another unconditionally. And we just need to be able to just, right. just right. be. Just be. Honestly, just be. Um, so would you say that we're here to create or that we're here to bask in what the art what the earth already has to offer? Um, I wanna say it's it's probably both. Um, but for, I would want to say that I think that we are, we are in a space, the opportunity to learn earth. We are here to learn about our resources. Now we're here to learn about each other and how we impact each other and how we impact our earth. And in turn, from those conversations and from those interactions, we can create to better, come up with things that can better um, sustain our earth and sustain how we live and helping each other so I think that they both integrate um, but I think that we are on the side I think that we should be on the side of the learning before we create Um, because I want to say that once we get to once we get to the creation side we will be better knowledgeable about what it is that we need to create. True. True. And I, and I'll say that when I was thinking of that question, I was just like, I wanted to ask right after we realized what really mattered because in reality, like creating more is kind of what we kind of, what we, set our lives mm-hmm. on like we want more like I may have a great right. job but I want another one because right. I want to make more money or I have like a really great spouse but he or she could be right. better if they did this and it's like yeah. no just live mm-hmm. and be in this moment mm-hmm. with this person right now 
and then the rest is gonna you know it's exactly it's and that's work. what that's what gratitude is yeah it's what we have to we so, have to practice well. gratitude um like with me i took a pay cut i'm not about to go try to find another job just so i can make what mm. i i, I would have been making no i took a pay cut and i'm i'm okay i i'm i am sustaining and that is another that's the control thing i think the entire world has a control issue because <laughs> it's like i like, i am learning how to live with what i have and that is and i don't know if we were going to go into the whole astrology part or not but that's what saturn is i'm in my saturn return and saturn return is all about just living with what you have being grateful for what you have learning how to use what you have everything that you already have use it <laughs> and, and and it's like hmm. why do you need to to seek out more if everything you already have is already sustaining you learn how to use it learn how to use it in different ways you know so that's just I think that's a part that a lot of us in our age group I think we are starting to come to that point or I'm, I'm very hopeful that we are because it's important yes. it's very important a lot of things that you think you need you don't and that's when you start to um, talk about your needs versus your wants I was just about to say mm-hmm. let's start checking ourselves before we say, oh, like for me, I'll, you know, I'll be the first to say, right. oh, I need a haircut. I, I'm sorry <laughs> I keep bringing up haircuts, y'all, but it's just so important to me. Like, <laughs> yeah. I could go without everything, but mm-hmm. I need my eyebrows done. Now, oh, I still look the same, but just, right. I need them, you know, but no, really, yeah. I want those things. Those, you know, help make me, um, right. they're aesthetically right. pleasing to me you know what I'm saying so it's just like let's check ourselves Mm -hmm. before we say we need something let's make sure because we really just need air water right and love that's what we need we want all of the other amazing things that this world has to offer and so since you brought in the astrology points Mm -hmm. um I have a quick question so the Mm -hmm. super moon just happened and I want to know did you feel anything differently? Because I will be the first to say I was mm-hmm. feeling terrible on May 8th, the day after it happened. I was feeling so to keep everybody like kind of in line, I'm a Scorpio and I was feeling mm-hmm. all of the feels, y'all. It was crazy. And so I want to know like, did you like was anything there for you um like, how did that look it's funny you ask that because I actually don't pay attention to mm, I don't <laughs> I don't pay attention to any <laughs> of the moon cycles anymore um so mm, okay on the 8th I'm trying to look at my calendar I don't even girl I didn't even know what day it was Friday yeah it was okay. like a like Friday what happened on Friday yeah um, but the super moon happened on the 7th the night of the 7th um I don't, I don't think so I don't think so I don't think I had any like okay. anything crazy but I will say that because I don't um I don't associate myself with the tropical zodiac anymore. I'm now doing sidereal. So everything is totally different. <laughs> sidereal. Um, oh, but even okay. though okay. I I am, I'm, of course, because I've learned tropical zodiac my entire life, I know exactly what supermoons can do. I, I know that when I was embedded into it, whenever supermoons happened, I felt them physically um Mm. or emotionally sometimes it just depends on where the moon was uh what sign what sign was it in do you know do you remember okay oh girl that's why i think it was in scorpio (laughs) (laughs) like i literally felt like all of the control factors because i have a so 
Mm-hmm. I have a really big thing with control. I don't really mm-hmm. like for me, I like it, right? Like I like to know what's happening, I like to know what's next, mm-hmm. what we're doing here, there, and everywhere. But for other people having control over me, it's mm-hmm. a no, a hard no for me. So I feel as if I kind of would like I was kind of barking at mm-hmm. anybody that was trying to tell me anything on the eighth because I was just like no mm-hmm. and I didn't really know why and so I got on Twitter mm-hmm. and y'all clearly I love Twitter I got on Twitter and I saw that people were talking about Super Bowl Super Bowl so of course I looked it up because it said it was in Scorpio I looked it up and every single thing that mm-hmm. they were saying in the articles and stuff like that was <laughs> exactly what was happening to me and I was just like oh my goodness I've never resonated more this is crazy so yeah the need for control or lack thereof like please don't tell me what to do like it was literally like don't tell me to turn the channel on TV I don't want to and it's just like girl relax (laughs) so okay (laughs) that works Hmm. okay so I guess the kind of we've been chatting it up so I guess to kind of close out a bit I want to know is there anything that I didn't ask or that we didn't get to that you still want to share and ensure that people get to kind of know about you I'm a writer so I have a website um kzoff.com it's it's really a open book and it's a really nice window into what I have gone through or what I'm going through and how it has all affected me. Um, I tie everything in there's everything, um, culture, uh, religion, mental health, especially mental health. So um, it's just caseoff.com. You can go in there and read. Um, I am in the process of uh, writing a book so I know right it's oh my crazy. god uh, the first volume is already done so uh, I'm on volume two now but I think I'm 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 going to release them in volume so I'm I am glad to say that the first book is done <laughs> so uh, I'm I am hmm. excited to you know get that out when I can um but yeah it's just um that's really it, I think. No. Okay. <laughs> okay, so for season two of the episode, first of all, let me say, Thank I am so you. excited for you with your book. Like, what is it going to be about? Um, like, what are you going to talk most about? Most of it is um, mental health. I have a lot of... Okay. Um, I have a lot of poems that I've written over the last... 10 years so I'm going to incorporate those into the volumes Um, the volumes are going to be sections um, um, highlighting a certain part of mental health so uh, it will be like um, depression um, anxiety or suicide or you know things like that and everything dealing that I have dealt with in those topics will be in those volumes so um it's gonna be heavy but I think that it's it's um a part of my calling and I think that it's neat it needs to be done um and it needs to be out um so that's what it that's just what it is I'm excited yeah awesome yeah, I'm excited for you. Please um, make sure yeah. that you keep me kind of in the loop so I can let our listeners know, like, okay, right. everybody, Kate's book is out. Go get it. Because I think this is probably just a really small snapshot of, you know, who you are, your yeah. experiences, and your journey thus far. Especially of, like, what you can actually tell us before, right. you know, the story is still being written. Thank you. So I'm excited for you. That's awesome. Okay, so, um, like I was saying before, the past two guests of season two, so you're the third guest Yay. on season two of the Donna Room Table podcast, I've been doing, like, a cute little, like, your mm-hmm. top three favorite things, right? 
So just to kind of let everybody get to know you on like a mm-hmm. less serious quote unquote side. So your favorite Ooh, song ever? Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> Jeez. Okay. okay, I'm trying to think. What would be a song that I would just like turn to right now? Um yeah. I wanna say I wanna say I know that it's gonna be funky better than me. Um, but I'm trying Ooh, to think okay. what, the, what, the, what would the song be? Um, hmm. Or we can just say favorite artist. Okay, and it that's seems fair. like it's going to be <laughs> That is fair okay. because I'm trying to think. I'm like, oh, I know so, it's going to be Frankie Beverly, but I just don't know what it will be. Okay. So, I guess just turn mm-hmm. on Frankie Beverly and Maze Essentials. Okay, cool. Sounds good. So, what about your favorite sneaker? Um, Cortez's. Yeah. Cortez's. Okay, I like those too. Oh, you did. Oh my gosh. So, I just got a okay, pair. So like, what did you get? Yeah, I... I the oh, cool. um, classic, I guess, black and white ones. Yeah. So I'm yeah. so excited, but we've been quarantining. So I just want to know where I'm going to go with them on. <laughs> um, and speaking of books, your favorite book or novel? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to kind of think. What do I always go back to? Um, I always go back to the bluest eye. For some reason, um, Tony Morrison. Okay. Oh, the blue eyes. And could you say the title again one more time? Mm-hmm. The blue eyes. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it's by Tony Morrison. Got it. Okay, cool. So hopefully, um, some of our listeners are able to connect. Maybe they like the same type of sneaker, or they'll be interested and yes. go grab Tony Morrison's book. And you know, feel a little bit more connected. Yeah. And kind of feel like, all right, I really am. Because y'all, I just really thought about the song. <laughs> it's can't get over you. I was like, why what can't I it? think of it? But it's can't get over you by Frankie Beverly and Maze. Please, everybody, Please. go and stream. Can't it's get such over a you good vibe. It's just Maze. amazing. It's, it, it puts your spirits in like a, I don't know, just a happy place, a happy moment, and all that. I'm going yes. to go yeah. and stream it when we get off. So, yeah. Okay. Cool. So, okay. Uh, one more thing from you. Just one more. What is one piece of advice that you would give anybody who may be going through um, any mental health um, um, challenges right now? I would say I know that it may feel as though you are alone but you aren't there is so many of us that are going through going through it and and many of us don't even know what it is right and so you and if you if you can already if you can identify what it is that's the first step and you're already going in the right direction because now that you know what you are dealing with you know that okay it's anxiety you know it's depression you know it's like okay I know what this is let me see if I can even just reach out to people or google how ways to cope or just try to I don't ask God if you believe in God just ask him to reveal to you what you need to do Sometimes it's just sit and be still. And other times it's like, call someone, call your friend, text your friend. Um, Sometimes it's therapy. Sometimes it's medication. You know, it's just navigating it is really, really hard. But you aren't the only one that is. 
So I think that's very important because there are times where it really does feel like you're the only one. And I really, really, really want everybody to know that you're not because I know what that feels like. And it's very scary to feel like you are the only person going through it. Um, So even if you feel like you can't talk to anybody, you can talk to me. Just please reach out to me um, in any way, any way you can. Uh, Social media, if you have my number, if you need to, if you need to talk. um, Because we want you here. We need you here. We love you. Um, and, And... and it's just, it's a hard, it's, it's hard. And um, I just want everybody to know that you're not yeah. alone. We can do it. You can get through it. Um, and it's all about a community. We're here to help each other. So that's it. No problem. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm pretty sure. And I know that because I felt... I felt the love out of those words. Like, I could feel that you're very passionate about helping people. You're very passionate about helping um, those that may be going through exactly what you're going through simply because you know, you know, what it feels like. So thank you so much. I definitely appreciate it. Um, I hope that this conversation has um, Mm -hmm. enlightened someone in some way. Um, I hope that you guys enjoyed it. You know, simply put, Okay, thank you so much thank for sitting you. down and dining with table. I appreciate table. I you. Appreciate this you. is my this is my first podcast. I'm so excited oh, about it. <laughs> I I'm so excited. We are so excited oh, to have you, and you are officially you. A part of the dining room table family. Yes, ma'am. So with that being said, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I will drop Kay's social media and as well as her um her website on the show notes. So this has been another episode of the Dining Room Table Podcast.